There's nothing new I want to share this morning, but I want to share something of the kingdom of God and something of the signs of the kingdom as the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom will always advance. No matter what we believe, the kingdom will advance. Amen. And so in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, and in Matthew 16, verse 21, there's the same phrase used. Matthew 3, 17, Matthew 16, 21, and the phrase says this, from that time on, from that time on. The first one says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. And in Matthew 16, 21, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain. Now, those are key little phrases. It's only twice it's mentioned, and it's those two times that are mentioned, from that time on. So the key to ask is what happened before, because something happened before for the Scriptures to say that, and then for Jesus to recognize it and do something. It's like he was waiting and waiting and waiting. The first one is about John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been on the scene, and we know who John the Baptist was. When uh, his mother was pregnant with him, she was 11, uh, 11 months, look, <laughs> six months pregnant. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth met Mary, and she was pregnant with Jesus. The Bible says he leapt in the womb. It's amazing that that can happen. He leapt in his, in his mother's womb. So it was that man, John the Baptist. He was sent to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 40 tells us that he himself declared that I'm the one that calls out, prepare the way of the Lord. That was his mission. He had come in the spirit and the power of Elijah, the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. That means he didn't come with Elijah's spirit. He came with something of breaking open, something of confronting so that the Messiah could come. And I believe that's what's going to happen in the end days in a greater degree because the Bible says that. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the Bible says. It was he who recognized the Messiah. He was told how to recognize the Messiah. He said, when you see the Spirit of the Lord come. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if he grew up seeing Jesus a lot or whatever, but he didn't know who the Messiah was. And he was looking and he was baptizing people. And he has been told that when you baptize somebody, and heaven opens, and the dove comes upon him, that's the Messiah. And so when he baptized Jesus, that's exactly what happened. And he declared, this is the Messiah. And then a little later, a couple of weeks later, he saw Jesus walk by, and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, because now he knew who he was. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. That is the fulfillment of Jesus' ministry. So that's what he had come to do. He was now in prison. And when Jesus heard he was in prison, that's the first phrase it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. He waited and he waited. What had happened before was in actual fact, Jesus already turned water into wine. And if you remember the story, when his mother came to him and said, just go out, tell, do what he says. Jesus said, it is not my time yet. Because he was waiting for something. He said, it's not my time yet. But he did it anyway. Because he was waiting. He was waiting. And in actual fact, he had already cleared the temple once. And Nicodemus had come to see him. Then John the Baptist was put in prison. And then the Bible says, from that time on, because it was the closing of the old. 
That's what he was waiting for, the closing of the old, because he said from that time on he began to preach, and this is what he began to preach. This is what he began to declare. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The time has come, he said. The time has come. It's a declaration. It's a war declaration. It's a pronunciation. He's declaring, not only to the world, but to the spirit realm, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. And so it was a momentous time in the history of mankind. It was a critical moment. It was a critical time. That's what it was. And he's saying, that time that I've been waiting for has now arrived. And I'm declaring to you that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is right here. The kingdom of God is amongst you. It's in your midst. That's what he was saying. Repent. That word repent literally means a changing of a mindset. More than a forgiveness of sins that are included. He says, change your mindset. Don't think like you used to. You're going to have to think totally different. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe. That word believe means trust towards into something. You with me? And then for three and a half years, he demonstrated that. Wherever he went, he declared the kingdom's like this. The kingdom's like that. The kingdom's like this. He told parable after parable after parable. And every time he went somewhere and he was impeded, he dealt with it. He got it out of the way, particularly the demonic. And he just set people free because he was declaring what the kingdom was. And he was demonstrating what the kingdom was going to be like. Hallelujah. That's good news, people. <laughs> it is. The kingdom of God has come. So what is the kingdom of God? Very simply, I put in my notes, the kingdom of God, I've got it just somewhere. The kingdom of God is the presence of God breaking into the present world with power, with authority, bringing peace, bringing new life, bringing restoration, bringing healing, bringing release, bringing love, bringing joy, bringing empowerment. It's the kingdom of heaven breaking into this earth. And establishing the authority and the rule of King Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I agree. It's good news. And that's what Jesus was declaring. He said, that time has now arrived. It's now arrived. Oh, wonder. And we walk in it today. And the second time he declared it, when he said, from that point on, Jesus began to teach or began to explain was when Jesus asked a question in Matthew 16. And the question, and you all know it, and Clayton's preached on it many times. And by the way, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go and listen to him, his message last week. I haven't been here for five weeks, and I was really ministered to. I would encourage you, I really would. And he asked a question, and you know the thing. He said, who do people say I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this. And then he turns to his 12, and he says, well, who do you guys say I am? And Peter has this revelation. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, my man, you did not get there by yourself. It did not come from you. It has nothing to do with you. You didn't conjure it up. You didn't read it anywhere. My Father in heaven has revealed that to you. And I will build my church 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, as the kingdom goes forward, the gates of hell will give way because the kingdom will advance. It will not prevail against it. That's what he said. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. It's the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's what it was. It's the revelation of who he is, the high view of who he is, this exalted king that died for you and I. And he said, and I tell you the truth, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then the Bible says, from that time on, he began to explain to them. He says, guys, now that you have this revelation of who I am, I'm now going to die on the cross. And he says, from that, he had never explained it to them before. From that time on, five times in the next two chapters, he told them what he had to do. And we know Peter got in the way. Peter said, no, 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 that can never happen. I'll protect you. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. So those are the two phrases that he uses. One is to declare the coming of the kingdom. He says, it's now come. And the second is the gates of hell will not prevail. And both of them had to do with who Jesus is, the recognition of who he is. Why am I telling you this, folks? Because I believe with my whole heart that there's a time is coming where there's going to be an increase in the signs of the kingdom. There's going to be increase. Both of these revelations had to take place. And I believe there's an increase coming where the kingdom of God is going to be extended in power and authority so Jesus can be seen for who he is. The signs of the kingdom are going to break free in greater and greater and greater dimension. Amen. Thank you. It's great news. Very briefly, what is the kingdom? I haven't got a lot of time. I said what the kingdom is, but the Bible talks a lot. That's what Jesus said. Pray this. Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Great prayer to pray. Amen. So, yeah, great prayer to pray. And that's what the whole essence is, the kingdom of God coming. In Acts chapter 1, when Jesus had died and resurrected and he was walking around talking to his disciples, the Bible says for 40 days he spoke about the kingdom. He didn't speak about church planting. He didn't speak about leadership. He didn't speak about good marriage. And all those are good. He didn't speak about prophecy. He didn't speak about anything. He spoke about the kingdom. Because when we get that right, everything else flows out of that. When I allow the king to rule here, my marriage gets better. Don't let the good marriage become a focus. Let the king rule because he'll change and adjust me so that I become the person I'm meant to be to my wife. Hallelujah. Amen. We put our focus in the wrong place. In Mark 9, you don't have to turn there with verse 1. I wrote the scripture down. He said to them, Mark 9, 1, I tell you the truth, some of you are standing here will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God come with power. So he's saying to the people that are living those days, you're going to see the kingdom. You're going to experience the kingdom. So the kingdom is not where we're going. The kingdom is here. Hallelujah. We've reduced the gospel about a ticket going to heaven. And it's more than that. It's far more than that. It's 
God breaking in you, releasing and healing, delivering and saving people, saving marriages, restoring relationships, experiencing love and joy and peace and fulfillment. Amen. That's what it really is. The Bible says in Colossians 1, and I'll just throw these scriptures out, that Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and put us into the kingdom of his son. Colossians chapter 1. I love that scripture. He's rescued us. It's not a gentle act. It's not, come here. He res- he, it's a violent act. I rescued you from darkness. Wah! Now you belong to me. It's a violent action in the spirit, people. It really is. It's a violent action in the spirit. I've rescued you from the dominion of darkness. John 1, 3, 8 says, For this purpose Christ was revealed to destroy the work of the enemy. And he demonstrated when he walked on earth. He really did. The Bible says this is what the kingdom consists of in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink. It's about righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power, of dominus, power, breaking in to this world and bringing the rule and the reign of God. So when Jesus cast a demon out of somebody in Matthew 12.28, he said, When the finger of God has come upon you and the demon leaves you, the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's what he said. The kingdom of God has come. Because darkness had to flee, my kingdom has come. In Luke 7, when John the Baptist was now put in prison, and I said everything changed from that time on, and John the Baptist was having second thoughts, and he sends people to Jesus, some of his disciples say, are you the one to come? I don't know if he was just struggling in prison or whatever the Bible doesn't tell us. And this interesting answer, I've said it before, that Jesus gave. Go back and tell John, and he, he didn't give him an Old Testament synopsis of who he was. He didn't do any of that. He didn't give him hermeneutical anything. He didn't, all he just said, go back and tell John this. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the lepers are cleansed. Go back and tell him that. Because that's the signs of the kingdom. So he was saying, tell John that to declare that the kingdom has come. Amen. And the good news is preached. Where is the kingdom? Okay, we know it's in heaven, but where else is the kingdom? So Jesus answered that question. When people asked him, where is the kingdom? He said, don't go look over there. Don't go look over there. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17. So the kingdom of God is within. It's within you. How do we enter the kingdom? Or how does the kingdom enter us? That's what Jesus said. I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you will not enter into the kingdom. You will not see the kingdom. You will not perceive it. You will not understand it. You won't have understanding of it. You won't enter in unless you're born again. That's the key to coming into the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's good news, eh? It's wonderful. If you sit here, you're born again, the kingdom is within your heart. And then Jesus tells a parable about the seeds. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You all know the scripture. Or it's like a woman that took a little bit of yeast and put it in the dough and it worked through it. As the kingdom comes here 
as we give it life and opportunity, it begins to impact me. Begins to change my attitudes. It begins to change my thoughts. It begins to change my desires. It begins to conform me to the image of Jesus Christ. It begins to work through me so that I can begin to see the kingdom come in other people's lives. That's the beauty of it. Amen. You all still with me? So what are the signs of the kingdom breaking in? What are the signs of the kingdom being advanced? It's always an activity of the Holy Spirit. Always, always an activity of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. It's like the wind. What is the signs that the wind is blowing? Help me. What is the signs? You see the leaves move. You can't see the wind, but you see, oh, the wind's blowing or a storm's coming. So what are the signs that we will see that the kingdom is advancing? Even though sometimes we don't see it actually happening, but then we begin to see the result of it. Number one, not in this order, radical salvations. Radical salvations, where God will break into a human heart, take hold of that heart, and give them a new heart. That's the greatest miracle on the face of the earth. When I look at Josh, I can tell you it's a great miracle. Sorry, Josh, you happen to be sitting there. Amen. That's his mother. Amen. That's his mother. Yeah, I'm glad someone amened with me. Okay. Another sign is genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. When there's genuine repentance, you put things right. You just do. Because God has so worked in you, you no longer want to hold on to the hurt you have or if somebody offended you, you want to put it right to the best of your ability. Another sign is authentic healings. We were in Malaysia, and we were doing a camp for a church. Some of you might know the couple, Ian and Nola Bakela. They came to this church once or twice. Wonderful man. I can sit and listen to that man. Jeez, he knows the word inside out, that guy. I said to Michelle afterwards, I felt like I needed to go home and read my Bible. Shit. Just the church history and stuff in history that he knows. It's unbelievable. He's a well-read man. And... Uh, we were there, and uh, one of their leaders who had organized, one of the elders who had organized the whole weekend, he was like the, the behind-the-scenes guy, lovely man, Mike, his name was Mike Shaw, and we didn't know it, but a day before this all took place, he had fallen and cracked three ribs. So he went to the doctor, and he said, listen, I just got to get to this camp this weekend and come back, and we can sort it out. So the doctor just prescribed him some pain tablets. She said, I've been living on pain tablets all the time I was here. No wonder he looked so well. But anyway, uh, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> so uh, I just believed one morning, I can't remember when it was, I just got a pain in my side, and I thought maybe it was me or whatever the case is. It took me a while to, whoa, hang on a minute, maybe it's not me. So I said, is there anybody struggling with a pain on the right-hand side here? And he put his hand up. He said, that's me. So he didn't tell us what the problem was. So I said, well, let's pray for you. So Michelle and I got around him, one or two others, we prayed for him. It wasn't a long prayer. He went back to the doctor. When he got back, they took more x-rays. He's got the x-rays from beginning and the end. Doctor says, I don't know what happened, but there they cracked, there they're not cracked. God healed him. Wonderful. That's an authentic sign that the kingdom has come. Did he shake? Did he fall? None of that. He just stood there, but God healed him. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. I said, it's not unbelievable. It's believable. Another sign of the kingdom coming is the miraculous. The miraculous, in all forms, the miraculous. 
Another sign is the cycle of poverty is broken. Wherever the kingdom has been preached, particularly in poor areas, the economic situation has changed. They've done study after study down in South America into Africa. It's amazing because people start making decisions differently because now their mind is being changed, their heart's changing. So they make decisions from then and the whole economic cycle begins to break. The poverty, that whole poverty stuff is broken. That's a sign of the kingdom coming. Another sign of the kingdom coming is unusual generosity. Because you see it in Acts. People were generous. Unusually so. It's a sign of the kingdom is broken in. Another sign of the kingdom is genuine community. It's just genuine community. People love one another. Want to be with one another. Another sign is genuine forgiveness. Where we genuinely forgive one another. There are more, but we're running out of time. And the other one, which I want to spend a little more time, is where freedom comes. Freedom comes where people are set free from oppression, demonization, or torment in their body or their mind or their emotions. God comes to set them free. It's a sign of the kingdom coming. 25% of the 35 miracles that Jesus did while he walked the earth had to do with deliverance, dealing with their demonic. 25%. It's unbelievable. 25%. I wrote you, this is an overview of the healing ministry of Jesus. 14 times, Jesus touched them and they got healed. Five times, it was the prayer of somebody else. Seven times, it was the faith of another person. Seven times, it was the faith of the person. Seven times he was moved by compassion. Eleven times he drove out demons. And the overwhelming majority, 27 times when he spoke the word. Isn't that amazing? God send your word and we will be healed. That's the overview of his ministry. When I talk about healing, I talk about spiritual healing, where people are spiritually sick and they need to be forgiven and born again. Or healing of past hurts where there's unpleasant memories or fears or emotions that have been broken and damaged and tormented and shattered, where God wants to heal that, or casting out demons, or physical healing, or healing of relationships, where there's been breakdown in relationships, where mother and father or child and parent has been a breakdown in relationships, where God comes to restore and heal that, where unforgiveness and bitterness begins to take a back seat, where hatred goes, resentment goes. The kingdom is coming Hallelujah. Or when the healing of the dead, the dead are raised. That's what I mean by healing. It encompasses all that. Don't just fix it on physical healing. You with me? So I mentioned the one that I want to touch on a little bit because it's the way that God uses a little bit more. We've seen the others, and I want to bring a point across in touching on this. And I'm going to share one or two stories not to frighten people, but just for reality. You have to understand, people, when the kingdom come, Christianity is not clean and cut, and it's messy. True Christianity can be a little messy. You understand what I'm trying to say? It can be a little messy. When God begins to come, things get a little messy. It's wonderful, but it's great. But people walk out free. It's what begins to happen. People come back, and I'm free. Hallelujah. 
And because we had a bit of a deliverance at two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I know some people were around, I want to touch on a little bit to bring some sanity and to alleviate fear completely. That's what I want to do. Just uh, please, that's, I just want to share a couple of things. I believe with all my heart we're entering into a season where there are going to be interruptions in our life. You know that most of Jesus' ministry was done out of interruptions. He was going somewhere and someone interrupted him and he healed him. Then while he was healing him, somebody else interrupted him and then he went there. And while he was going there, a woman of issue of blood comes. He's going to heal this guy's daughter and the issue of blood. He was interrupted permanently. I get irritated when I'm interrupted. I don't know about you. You know what I mean? Because I'm tired. But most of Jesus' ministry came through interruptions. It's very interesting. But he just dealt with it because he knew he had the understanding that the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has come. I'm going to share a story here. And the reason why I'm sharing this story, I want you to see biblically, from a biblical viewpoint, that dominion of darkness, the work of the dominion of darkness has been destroyed. I'll say that again. The work of Satan has been destroyed. Victory. It's done. Jesus said it's done. It's completely done. He said it's finished. It is completely complete. I've destroyed the work of the enemy. Destroyed it. Hallelujah. So we don't mess around with him and we don't focus on him. We focus on Jesus. But if you understand it inside you, then you won't allow fear to come your way. That's what I'm trying to say. You come from the mindset of who Christ is in me. And the only authority he has in my life, the dominion of darkness, is the authority I give him. It's the only authority he has. And so he comes to deceive. He comes to tell a lie. That's what he comes to do. And then we hook onto that lie. And we believe the lie. And then he begins to erode our life. That's all that happens. Hello, you with me? And that's how he works. Many years ago, and I've told the story when we do some ministry training, it helped me understand things. And so I'll give you a context. There was a young lady who came to me, see Michelle and I, and uh, we were very early on in ministry, and we had just stepped into some of this stuff. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what was going on. It was, a re- it was an incredible reality to us, but we had no clue what was, just being honest. And this young lady came to Michelle and I, and so she asked for prayer, so we started to pray for her. And as we started to pray for her, this is... This is what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. There was another voice that came out of her, and her finger came up and put it right in front of my face like this. And it said, I'm in control. That's what it said. I'm in control. But it wasn't her voice. It was another voice. But she was looking at me, and the finger was literally three inches away from my nose. So I did all I knew how to do, but I could not budge this thing. I couldn't. She came back a couple of weeks later. The same thing happened lovely young girl, but had been very broken, unfortunately. Through She was only 19 or 20. And then she decided to go to YWAM. We were living in a place called Durbanville, just call it Cape Town. And she went to a, a base of YWAM in another city called Paul. And between where we lived and where she went, there was a range of mountains. It was only about 150 miles away. There was this range of mountains. It's very key to the story. 
So she went and we phoned YWAM and said, please let us know how this young lady is doing. She's part of our church. We want to be praying for her. So just keep giving us feedback. So they said, yeah, we'd greatly do that. About three weeks went by and YWAM phoned us. I said, what's happened? They said, well, we need to tell you something. I said, well, tell me what? They said, well, we were praying for this young girl and then this finger came up and pointed at us and said, I'm in control. And I said, what did you do? They said, we didn't know what to do. So I didn't feel so bad. <laughs> so anyway, so I said, all right, if it changes, let me know. About two months went by. It's a Sunday evening. We just had a service in the church, and the pastor was leading the church. I was standing speaking to him, and the mother of that daughter came up and asked the pastor for prayer and said, listen, I need to put my life right. There's issues. I need to put my life right. Can I come and see you? So he turned to me and said, do you mind if he joins us? Because he didn't want to see you alone. Wise decision. So I said, sure, I can still picture it. He took out, we didn't have computers in those days. He took out his diary. He said, Tuesday afternoon, I can still picture him where he wrote it down. Tuesday afternoon, this is Sunday night. Tuesday afternoon, four o'clock. Is that okay? Great, we'll see you. It was Sunday night. One of the difficulties was the mother and the daughter were not talking. There was a breakdown of relationships in the family. Anyway, Monday morning, we get a phone call from YWAM. And I can hear the man's excited. And he said, I said, what's happened? What's happened? He said, you will not believe it. We were praying for this young lady. The finger came up and said, I have to go now because the man on the other side of the mountain is going to pray for the mother. I have to go now. That gave me insight into a realm that God was trying to teach me on. Because they were about to put things right. They were about to bring forgiveness. The kingdom of God was about to come into their lives. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful story to learn from. It really is. We were at another meeting a little while, I don't know how long ago, and there was a man that had drunk for 53 years of his life. Every single day he had alcohol. We did not know this, obviously. We're in this meeting. We start praying for him, and he falls over, and he literally started to crawl through the chairs. Literally, I mean it. But as he's crawling through the chairs, there's, there's voices crying out, drink, drink, drink. That's what it shined. And so we went after him, and it wasn't nice cookie-cut Christianity. We were running after him. Chairs were being scattered, and he was crawling fast. Boy, and I'm trying to run after this guy to try and help him. And next thing, God touched him and set him free. He got up off the floor. He bounded over the chairs, and he hugged his wife. And he said, I'm free. I'm free. I'm sorry. I'm free. I'm sorry. I'm free. And God restored that marriage. Just like that, just restored it. It was a wonderful sight to see people. We were in Chicago not too long ago. Then we had the privilege of preaching there. We have the privilege of preaching there quite a bit. And there was a similar, there was a young couple that came forward for prayer, and Michelle and I were praying for them. And um, as I was praying for this young lady, a married couple, I don't even think they had kids yet. The husband turned to the woman and said, tell him about the alcohol in the family. And as he said that, she started to scream. She just started to scream. And God set her free, absolutely radically set her free. 
there and then. But as she started to scream, it's like it just permeated, it broke out amongst the church. So now I'm running around trying to help people, and I don't know what to do with the lady that's screaming. So I grabbed the husband, and I said, just say this. And he looked at me with his eyes this way. I said, just say this, and I went somewhere out, and God set her free. The kingdom of God coming. Hallelujah. Amen. We were in Vancouver a couple of years ago, and I think I shared the story with you. God did some wonderful things there. Ma. And there was a man that, um, it was a time of ministry, and there was a gentleman of about uh, mid-50s, early 60s. As I walked towards him, just to go and pray for him, that's all. I hadn't said anything. I was just looking at him, because we'd finished praying. And as I walked away, he started to walk back. He just walked back. So I'm just walking forward to him, and he's just walking back. And the next thing, he fell over. And as he fell over, his body started to like shake a little bit. And I didn't know what was going on. And whenever I don't know what's going on, I don't get involved. Just let God be God. And I wasn't too sure. I knew God was doing something, but I wasn't sure what it was. Just being honest. And so I'm watching him, and then I go pray for somebody else, and then I come back to him, and he's still standing lying on the floor. And he's, oh. and then, then he's little, and he goes like this. Oh, okay, all right. So I go pray for somebody else, and I come back, and he's going, oh. okay, or I go back, and I come back. It was about half an hour. That's what happened. Eventually, I got there, and he had stopped. He had sat up. I said, are you all right, sir? He said, yeah, I can. He said, I feel so different. So I said, what happened? He said, from an early boy, from year to year, I felt like somebody had put a, a piece of concrete on him. And even his wife said, he never could ever, never feel anything. He was, the emotions were like dead inside him. And he, he said, it's like it came off me. He said, it's like I can feel again. He says, it's like my emotions have come alive. It, it was an amazing thing to see. He couldn't stop talking. And it was just God doing something. There was a lady in London, when we went to London, who had experienced as a 13-year-old, she was actually in a service in the evening, and she had experienced something where people had walked in with AK-47s and killed people. And she was a little girl of 13, and she hid under the chair. And in that trauma of all that happened, fear just settled in her. Obviously, I understand that. She's now early 30s, married in London. I didn't know who she was. When did a ministry trip there. She came forth for prayer. I didn't know she was from South Africa before. I had no clue. And as I looked at her, the Lord said, she's fearful. Help her deal with her fear. So I knew what to do. I knew how to pray. And God set her so free. She said she wouldn't go out her front door. She was so bound by fear. She wouldn't because she was so fearless, so gripped her. Isn't that amazing? God just set her free there and then. Three or four minutes, she was like a different person. It was on a Friday or Saturday morning on the Sunday, the husband came and he said, I don't know what's happened to my wife, but it's unbelievable. She's like a different person. I'll tell you one more story. We were in Singapore. And Michelle came to me and said, you see that lady over there? I said, yes. She said, I think God really wants to set her free. So I said, okay, and we just waited. She came to me the next day, and I said, you see that lady? I said, yes. I said, I think God wants to set her free. So she knew what was coming. I didn't. I'm just being honest, but I've learned to listen to her. 
And so I have. So um, there was a time of ministry, and Michelle started to pray for her, and I could see her calling me with her eyes. You know, Michelle said, come here, we need help. So I go over there, and the power of God came upon her. She started to scream, and it wasn't soft. I think people down the road could have heard it. But God set her free. Her lupus got healed. It's amazing what God did. But there was a young girl there of 12 years old who was busy watching this, and she got afraid. So Michelle went and sat with her while this was happening and explained to her all that was happening, and the fear just alleviated. See, folk, when we understand the victory is won, the victory is won. The victory is won. You come from a place of victory. We've got to learn how to appropriate it and understand that. But the kingdom of God is at hand. I've got Michelle to tell one story. Come tell the story. And then we'll, I've got a few more things to say and we'll end. This is just to understand what I've been trying to say. We went up to Chicago again. Um, this was actually very early days. And we, a couple from this church, they're no longer with us, came with us. And um, we were doing some ministry time. And a lady, there was just so many, so much. God was doing so much. People were all over the floor. And God was just ministering in various ways. But this one particular lady was over the floor. She was manifesting. It was obviously a demonic thing. And um, the couple that had come with us, that lady was praying for her. So she came and called me. She said, I'm not getting breakthrough. So I looked at her and I went to have and I prayed. And I've come to see that I don't have great anointing, a strong anointing in the area of deliverance. I know what to do. But I don't have that same strength of anointing as other people do, which is fine. God anoints differently. And I went and I called Ken. And as he came towards the woman... She literally scuttled along the floor backwards and then screamed and she was free. He didn't really get to her. And she shared with me afterwards something that was key, if you understand, in the spiritual realm. She said to me, I said, what happened? And she said, there was this demonic thing and it kept saying, I'll never leave, I'll never leave, I'll never leave. I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. She says, and then Ken started walking towards us. And the thing came up and said, I've got to go now because that man is known in the spiritual realm. It's the authority. So we have authority. Yeah. I share that to say it's not about me. It's to understand that the kingdom of God is within you. And it's the kingdom of God that will advance through you when we get the greater understanding of who we are in Christ and the victory that he has won. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's the reality of it. And I believe, why am I sharing this? Because I believe more of what you experienced two or three weeks ago, it's going to happen a little bit more. It's going to happen a little bit more. It's going to, because God is going to send people to get free. And sometimes it's not going to look nice, but that's okay, as long as they come free. When Jesus walked on the earth, sometimes it didn't look nice, what he did, but the person was free. That's all I'm trying to say. The kingdom of God will advance. This has always had an incredible impact on me from the first day. Why? Because you become very aware of the power of the name of Jesus. That's what you see. You become so aware of the power of the name of Jesus. It's like the Bible comes alive when you see this happen. 
That's literally what happens. Like, oh, yeah, I read it, yeah, now it's happening, yeah. That's the beauty about it. It's like, it's a strange thing. It's like you speak to something you cannot see, but it's listening to you. Think about it. You speak to something you can't see, but it has to be obedient to you. Why? Not because of you, because of Christ in you. That's why. When you see the release and the freedom that people experience, when you see the peace come on their face, when you see their thinking goes clear, they begin to think clearly again. When you see the lightness come on them, when you see the countenance change, you say, yes, hallelujah. That's what begins to happen. It's amazing, amazing restoration of broken relationships that you see begin to take place. We are the vessel. We are the body of Christ. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is advancing, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the kingdom of God will go forward, and the kingdom of God will bring release, and the kingdom of God will bring healing, and the kingdom of God will bring peace, and the kingdom of God will bring restoration, and the kingdom of God will bring salvation, and the kingdom of God will bring freedom. And the kingdom of God will be in love, and the kingdom of God will usher in grace. Because the kingdom of God has come. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I hope I encouraged you. That's what I want to do, just encourage you this morning, okay? Father, we thank you. We thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your amazing, amazing grace in our lives. Lord, we say all this is not of us, even as Clayton said earlier. No one can lay claim to this. No one. It's all of you. It's all by you. It's for you. It's because of you. And it's to you that the glory goes, Lord. But we thank you that we can be vessels. We can be co-laborers. We can be participants of your kingdom extending. And we pray, Lord, work your kingdom more in us so your kingdom can work through us into a dying world, Lord. A world that is in darkness. A world that needs your kingdom to break in, Lord. A world where people just cannot see what they need, Lord. We pray, we ask, Lord, extend your kingdom in might, in power. Let the signs of the kingdom break forth, Lord. Let your signs of your kingdom break forth, Lord. For your kingdom will not go backwards. Your kingdom will advance, Lord. Your kingdom will advance. Why? Because you have won the victory. You said, Lord Jesus, it is completely complete. It is done. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray even now, Lord, for people sitting here, standing here, even now, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in our lives, in our bodies, in our emotions. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Thank you.